Hi, you're about to listen to a very special episode of Emotional Support. I have on my dear friend, Dr. Raghu Apasani. Yes, he is a real doctor and yes, he is my real friend. He comes on so we can discuss all things Suicide Awareness Month, which is now in September. The reason why I'm doing this little intro is to let you know this is a trigger warning. This episode is not for everyone and that is okay. I won't hold it against you. So if you don't want to hear about suicide, you don't want to talk about it, that is totally fine. This episode is just one episode and we're going to come back with so many more. But if you are okay with it and you don't think it'll trigger you, please listen as we talk about all things with prevention and how we can help one another and what it feels like and how we have all been there. So I love you all. Um, And if I don't hear from you this episode, I'll hear from you next. And thank you for being my emotional support. Hello. Hey. It's already been a disaster this morning and this afternoon and this evening for me today. I know. But I am here with you. And, um, you know, I think that I'm so happy that you reached out to me and wanted to do a little mini episode discussing Suicide Awareness Month. I think that time has gone by so quickly. I don't know if it's been the same for you, but I feel like every week um, has been a blur. Every month has been a blur. I can't even believe that we're in September already. And (laughs) I had this whole plan of, I'm going to, you know, do a bunch of special episodes for uh, September for Suicide Awareness Month. I had all these plans. And then all of a sudden, September 1st came along and I was like, I'm not motivated. I'm really depressed myself. I don't feel like one stupid episode is going to change a difference to anyone. So, you know, forget this. I'm not going to do it. And then you reached out to me and you were like, we are going to do a special little episode and we are going to talk about this because it is so important. And on top of that, it is so important because already in this week of what's today. So today is September 9th, right? We're going to release this in a couple of days, guys. So get ready. <laughs> but that being said, already in this week of September of Suicide Awareness Month, I personally, I'm not sure if you have experienced this as well, have seen people already use Suicide Awareness Month as a hashtag, as a keyword, as a way to get followers, as a way to talk about it. And the language that people are using to express how they feel and what it means. And it's, it's wrong. And I'm even guilty of this where I use the wrong language and I've had to listen to people such as yourself and other experts on what the proper in quote unquote wording is. That's not a word, but you know what I'm talking about? This happens to me all the time where I get tongue tied. Anyways, I'm so happy that we're here right now and you can kind of inform us of the proper language that we should use and why it's so important to actually do the research and actually speak about it 
in an educated way because not being educated and just using it as a hashtag and using it to get the more followers and using it um, fucked up is what I'm trying to say, um, really can affect someone's life. So I know it's affected my life and I know for you as well. And um, I just would like to talk about it. So hello, my darling. Hey, 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 hey. I missed you. Um, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but last year, the first big Minds Foundation event in LA was actually for World Mental Health Day, October 10th last year. And the topic actually was suicide awareness. And you were right? on our panel. And I so was. Um, it's, I was it's very tough. loud. <laughs> you were, but you were vulnerable and you shared a lot. And it really touched a lot of people's hearts and minds. And, and they still reach out to me about it. So, you know. Stop it. They do? So when you say that, you know, what's one podcast going to do? It doesn't matter because if it hits one person, that's a life. And so that's the reason we do our work, right? It's to get to that one person, at least, who mm -hmm. feels so alone. And um, time has been quite odd this year. It's fast and slow. It's just an illusion of our mind anyways. So whatever. <laughs> um, and it's been a tough, tough couple of months. And I mean, we can get into that. But I got to some of the lowest points in my life where it put me into a position even where I said, oh, wow, like this is how some of my patients must feel. And even knowing the signs and the triggers and the ways because, to get out, I um, felt paralyzed. On a side note, you're a doctor. so <laughs> I am a psychiatrist, yeah. And so, you know, I'm lying there. I'm having these thoughts in my head. And, you know, I know I'm not going to take action, but I was like, wow, I've gotten to this state of feeling this depressed. And I can't still, I can't even get up to do my self-care self modalities, right? And so it really put me in the shoes of, what I think some of my patients might deal with, but on a more ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. um, and it's tough. And so it really got me thinking about something that I'm really passionate about, which is what is something that anyone can do without medical training, right? Or expert training to really change how we see mental health. And mm -hmm. the simple an answer is actually, you know, listening without judgment, which is obvious and we should all be doing that but also what, how we talk about it and the language we use around mental health. And you bring up a really good point about hashtags. And on the one hand, I love that people with a lot of followers are starting to talk about mental health. But on the other hand, it can be really dangerous if they're not educated on how to do it. And so I really want And I want to like preface, I'm totally, totally guilty of this in the sense where the only education I have in regards to suicide awareness is that I've been there and I've tried that and it luckily didn't work, um, whatever the language is you would say for that, but that's my experience. So I'm not mm -hmm. someone that can give advice um, to others on what to do, whether for yourself or for your friends or your family, or even a stranger of, of how to handle it. Um, I just can tell my story and what I went through and maybe that could help you. And it is power that listen, personal experience, lived experience is so powerful. And my, my role as a, as a psychiatrist is to, and the way I see myself is to come out of my clinic, come out of the hospital and start 
working with people who want to share their stories and making sure that they're sharing in a way that's therapeutic for them, but also impactful for others. Right. And that's where the but language doesn't comes it in. seem totally, but see, the thing that I get so worried about is I was very, um, hush, hush, didn't say anything about what happened to me. Um, and then slowly, but surely I have a jabber mouth and I can't, shut up. So I eventually just was like, oh my God, this happened to me. Um, but the one thing that I worry about, and here's a question for you, I'm putting you on the spot. Sometimes I feel like I share my story and I'm so like relaxed about it at this point and I'm not relaxed about it, but I've said it so many times that to me, it just kind of is like, talking about what I got at a grocery store. Because for me, I tell my story every single day. But the mm -hmm. thing that I've realized recently is what I'm nervous about is that triggering for other people, you know, because I am so relaxed about it and I am so um, open with my conversation. Is that not a good thing to be that open about it? So that's where... I love that you're open about it. And I love that you are actually consciously thinking about how it could affect others, even in a triggering way. And this is actually where I think the combination where I see my role as, as a medical professional working with someone along with them. So as they're sharing their story, we can interweave, or I don't know if that's a word, but we can, as someone is sharing their story, I as a psychiatrist can work with them and integrate in the right terminology deliver psychoeducation as they're sharing it, right? So that we prevent the triggers from happening. Or if the trigger starts happening, we follow it up immediately with a way mm -hmm. that someone can help themselves. And so I think that we really have to start to work together more. And storytelling is one of the most powerful tools we have. I mean, you know that as, as an actress and an artist, it, it's the way you can really leave a mark on someone. And right mixing that with really good mental health education is going to be one of the most powerful ways. And that's really what we try to do. Even with the events that I've hosted or the films that we've done, it's, that's what we try to do. We have to work together. Professionals have to come out. They need to start working with people with experiences and in the mainstream community and really tell stories together. And that's what attracts me to psychiatry in the first place is storytelling. But here's another question. We've talked about this. Um, before is also there's a lot of movies and TV shows that do depict suicide and do talk about it. And is it glamorizing it? But then if we don't talk about it, then it's this taboo thing that makes it this stigma, if you will. And it's like, what's the balance? Because I have no idea, but I mean, use the example of, um, <clears throat> We talked about 13 Reasons Why and Euphoria. I've never seen either one of those. I would love to watch it. Unfortunately, I'm binge watching, you know, Love Island and, and wasting my brain away um, and can't watch anything of real value, but uh, I'll get there. Anyways, <laughs> put aside, I've had so many people that tell me, you shouldn't watch that show. It's going to trigger you. It's going to trigger. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know what's going to trigger me and not? But that being said, these are coming from people who I absolutely love and adore. But how can one say something is triggering or something's not triggering? Or how can the movie industry, say I'm writing a movie, right? Or a TV show. How is it that I can educate myself to know what's going to work and what's not going to work? And if we hide it and we don't talk about it, that's kind of even worse. Mm. 
Yeah, you bring up a really good point. It's it's a sensitive topic and it's something I've I've really I've thought about for a long time. And one of the approaches that I am starting to take and I've worked on this with a few people is a mental health and well-being test. So similar to how So basically I would fail every single one of them. <laughs> No, it's basically, you know, okay, if, if a piece of content like a film or a TV, um, they go through these tests, right, in the entertainment industry where they see, are there enough female representation? Is there enough diversity represented? I'm forgetting the the name of the one of the, you know, like gold standard tests, but I mean, I'm sure you know about it. It's basically like a focus. I do, but where, I don't know the name. Yeah. Yeah. It's the back, back old, I don't know, whatever, one of these things. But similar to that, we can create in partnership with experts and actors and artists and people in the industry really collaborate together and create a test of this is the language that we're gonna use. Anytime there's a mental health thing, we have to follow it up with this X, Y, and Z resources. Mm-hmm. And it has to run run through this committee or this focus group. And if we can try to standardize it, then we'll have a really good way of actually portraying mental health in a very sensitive way that's impactful. Is it still going to trigger some people? Probably, yeah. But any type of content can be triggering for people for various reasons. And we have to just be sensitive and do the best that we can. And I think if we can at least all come to a consensus on something universal about how we portray mental health, at least we have control over that. And, um, you know, with some of these shows that you mentioned, I unfortunately, I binge watched them because they're on Netflix and it's easy to do that. And because I binge watched it, it was intense. I think if I split it up, it wouldn't have been maybe as intense for me. But, you know, you watch 13 episodes over the course of like two days. That's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one problem. I mean, I think the other thing is also the news and the journalism aspect of it and the way that they put headlines around mental health, which is has been changing. And there is a lot more in terms of guidelines around that that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when it comes to the news and I don't know. I stay away. I stay away from a lot of it. And, you know, at this point, too, I'm reading um, a lot of scripts and getting involved with films that are around mental health issues specifically. And so for me, the fact that I have made those, you know, connections or people have reached out or connected me to people and I'm able to get involved, I see it as, okay, at least the other side of the table is now asking us to actually be involved too from a -hmm. very early stage in the making of these productions. And so I feel that I have a role and helping with that. So here's my question for you. So I did an episode of Batman. I played Duella Dent. Um, When I went into the audition, I didn't know who she was supposed to be. But basically (laughs) the, the main audition scene was her not liking the way that she looked like putting on makeup, singing a song and then punching a mirror and then grabbing the mirror and slitting her face. Now I feel like, wow. Right. What a moment. <laughs> yeah, that's very but Now intense. my real question is, do you think I got the show? Because as I'm walking out of the audition, I go, I just want to let you know, I uh, really relate to this character and the way you wrote her as being bipolar was really on point. I really relate to her. Minus being a serial killer. Do you think that that's what got me the role? <laughs> you know, Do you think we can I, write more roles being bipolar and then they're like, well, we have to book her because she is I, a looney tune. Well, 
it's funny because one of the films I'm actually consulting <laughs> on is, is about bipolar. Um, so do they need an actress? <laughs> we, I think we might. And here's the thing. I mean, you're an amazing actress. So who knows why you got it? I'm it was sure definitely it was, typecast. It both. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously typecasted, but like, you know, come on. Um, I think it, it does help. And it's also a way to get people in the industry to talk about their own mental health and feel comfortable about it. Right. Well, and I'll tell you what was really roles. cool. Yeah. I think what was really cool is when I read the sides, I had no idea who Duella Dent was. They didn't even give a name. It was like Sarah or something. I mean, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it was like a silly name in the audition because they didn't want people to know that it was the actual comic book character that was coming to life. But it was, it was pretty nuts because when I read it and the way that I treated the character, and this has nothing to do with me being like, I'm an amazing actress. Like, like, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. But I think what was so incredible with the writing of that character is they made her have empathy. And even though she was, trying to murder girls and like hated that girls look perfect. And she had um, plastic surgery because she didn't like the way she looked and she was actually killing bloggers. <laughs> mm, so anyways, okay. Well, I mean, but, good and bad. but, and they didn't actually <laughs> die. So she has some good things, but the point was what I, what I absolutely just gagged over the character of loving so much was that, they gave her empathy that there was a reason there was a, a core part of her heart and soul as to why she was the way she was. And she looked at herself in the mirror and hated the way she looked, even though it was like this beautiful, young, fresh faced girl. So by mutilating her own face, that's what made her feel beautiful. And I think that that's what, what's so fascinating to me and why I related so much was for me, I have a really hard problem about being a perfectionist and it's beyond like a, a beauty thing. It has nothing to do with that. It's about just being perfect in every possible way. When I was five years old, I didn't feel good enough. So I couldn't cross thresholds of doors from one side to the next. Um, there were a lot of things that happened. And the way they wrote this character is they showed how it was a progression since she was you know, a child, you know? Mm. But I without a doubt, broke a mirror like once a week. Like that was something I did. And in this scene, she punches the mirror. Now, granted, I punched the mirror and I didn't take it and, and physically harm myself. But that force of anger and that explosion, and it feels like a volcano that's about to break open and explode. And the only thing you can do is like punch or throw something. And I never hurt anyone else, but I would hurt myself. Um with the physical hitting, you know, not cutting, but it's hearing these stories like this. And when I read this script, it still gets me so emotional now because I don't know if someone went through that, but someone was able to put into writing what I felt. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was, that was a long way for me to get there, but I eventually got there. But I think that that was so important. And I think that another example was in wow. silver lining playbook. Um, for me, I did not relate to Jennifer Lawrence's character at all. I couldn't understand that version of bipolar disorder. Um, maybe it resonated for other people, but there was a scene with Bradley Cooper when he's with his dad, Robert De Niro, and mm -hmm. he is having a complete um, manic episode and he like punches him. And, and, you know, I've been there. 
You know, um, yeah. I've been there. I've never actually punched someone. I punched things around me. Um, and I've certainly thrown things and I have attacked my mother, you know, um, not physically and not mentally, but, but emotionally just brought that down because I, I, I just had to explode. Um, and, and I, we all and love I only mother, do it. by the way. Is a gin angel. And I was never, I never screamed at her. I never did any of that. It was just this emotional of, I couldn't handle it. And I used to do when I was a kid, I used to just bang my head against the wall for no reason. Um, yeah. And it was the same sort of release, but it's seeing things like, I remember watching that movie and it was the first movie that I'd ever seen that, um, depicted someone who was bipolar. And I was with an ex-boyfriend and he had gone through something traumatic and I was there with him and, and I had this breakdown where I couldn't even imagine what I was watching. And I had to go to the bathroom and I started hysterically crying and I was hyperventilating. And, and it was not because I was triggered in quote out of quote, it's because I finally felt like someone understood me and mm -hmm. someone was able to put into writing on a script what I was going through. So that's my next question for you is, I know that it can be triggering for people, but sometimes it is so therapeutic to know that you're not alone. And, and I guess it's not a question, but it's like, how do we get more of this content out there? And, and yes, you were saying that there's, um, like a group of people that watch things. What, what is it? It's, uh, no, that's what we need to create. We need to create, create basically yes, a focus but group, a focus group, understandable. But it has to be, I think, specific. It can't just be like, these are people who have mental health issues. It's like, okay, let's put something on, for instance, like Silver Lining Playbook. Let's have right. a bunch of people who volunteer that they're bipolar and let's take a thing from one to 10, how is this affecting you? But I think that it has to be quite specific because you know, if I were to walk, watch a show that was severely just on, on, I mean, specifically just on severe depression, I've been depressed, but I'm more manic. So like that wouldn't really trigger me. Yeah. That makes sense. And I love that you, you know? say that actually, because I think you're completely right. And it does need to be specific. I'm saying we got to also get just an overarching guideline of terminology used in mental health. Um, you hit a really interesting point because I feel that one of the issues we have in mainstream society is that people think bipolar and they think manic mm -hmm. when they think a very specific profile. But and you and I have spoken a lot about this and, and how I really want to emphasize the importance that mental health is something we all have and it's a yeah. spectrum and we're, we can go back and forth on that spectrum and that degree. And when you think about bipolar, you think about depression or anxiety, those are all their own individual spectrums and there's not one type of person. And it, that's why, that's why we have to go to medical school to diagnose people, right? It's a right. lot of training. And you have to see a lot to really figure it out. And even at the end of the day, a lot of it is just a continuous relationship and work between a doctor and the patient, right? And so you're right. It does need to be specific. And you hit another point about that I, that I really love is that you said, I finally felt like I wasn't alone mm -hmm. when you were able to find something that was relatable. And so... That's so important because when someone is dealing with a mental health issue, A, there's stigma, so people aren't talking about it. B, there's shame, so families might not be supportive of it. And then C, you get to a point, especially with depression, 
where you feel trapped and hopeless and you might even start imagining death and you might start not having any consequences of pain and you might not think about you know the fear or the consequences of death and you feel as if you're in a tunnel of darkness and there's no door there's no light your shadow is completely gone it's not visible it's left you and in that moment the only way to get out is death and it's not that you are intending consciously to harm yourself it's that that's the only way out of a tunnel of darkness right it's the only escape right it's the only escape and in your mind your mind and your body and your conscious and your subconscious and your spirit that is the only answer it has to give you and so i really want people to think that when suicide happens in those situations it's not the person who is being selfish or caught you know or committing a sin or committing let's not use the word committing right suicide is a consequence of mental illness it's the same way that someone might die from cancer or die from not taking care of themselves if they have diabetes and not getting the care they need yeah and so if we start to use the language and literally it's a simple thing right i'm all i'm saying is don't use the word commit suicide or committed suicide or took their own life just say they lost their life to suicide or they died by suicide yeah and yeah. if we think about it that way it also helps us to cope and to process and to move forward in a positive way to make an impact mm -hmm. i i think and to I honor them and to honor them yeah, and you know, um, I think it's bullshit when um, people judge and they go, oh, how selfish, how could you do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, if you haven't been there and you don't know what it's like to be on your last nerve where you're literally, you're not even aware of what's going on at that point. When you're at such a dark not even dark. That's not even the right word. When you're at such a sad moment in your life where you don't even know where to turn and you don't feel anything and you're at a point where you could even just like hurt yourself and don't feel anything like, mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, you know, you're, you're gone already, you know, but how can we, I have a lot of friends and not even just friends, strangers. And I use the word friends because they're just people who listen to the show and have reached out and been part of the group. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people who have written me and go, you know, this is my last time. I just want to thank you for things that you've said, but I, uh, I can't be on this earth anymore. And I always direct them to different suicide helplines, right? Like this one. 1-800-273-TALK. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 1-800-273-TALK. Um, and I, you know, I, I've been guided in the direction of give out the information, provide the information for others to get help, whether it be for themselves to get help or dealing with strangers or family or friends that need help. But let's say I get a phone call right now from someone that says, I'm just saying my final goodbye um, I love you and it's over, you know, and I, I, I can't, I can't survive anymore like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
What if there's not that moment and that enough time to reach out to get someone to call, you know, and, and yes, you can send 911, right? That's always an option. Please, like, don't be fearful of, of, of not calling to send help if you think it's an emergency, right? But what is something that I can say and other people out there can say that's a word of advice or just something that can help change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's, it's really challenging in that moment of crisis. And the first thing you want to do is, is call 911. Put, put all of our you know, agendas and thoughts aside and call 911 and tell them what's going on. And they will go immediately to do a wellness check. And I mean, that's life or death right there. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing you want to do. The second thing is, if they say that, just try to, what you want to try to figure out is figure out where they are. Okay. Figure out if they're with anybody. Mm-hmm. And if they are, get them on the phone too. Right. So those are, you want to really f- try to draw a picture in your head of what the situation is. And then just, and then keep them engaged in conversation, basically. Mm. Right. So stay but on the phone with over them. A, what's, what if it's over a text message? And what if it's someone that is a stranger or someone like, let's use an example of someone who, you know, was on a fan of, of emotional support. Like, how do I deal with that if it's not someone I'm that close with? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that you can do is to, I mean, I personally don't like to text, but in that situation, you want to keep them as engaged as possible. And so asking them questions about how they're feeling, you know, where they are, what they ate, just try to engage them in a conversation where you're almost distracting them from that thought of darkness that they've been in. Mm. And it goes back to your point of why did they even get to that decision, right, in their mind? It's probably because they feel alone and lonely. And so you just engaging with them in a conversation will slowly start to hopefully help them. And in the meantime, the crisis management can happen and they can have someone can come and check in on them. But, you know, it's, it's really this, it's the feeling of loneliness and hopelessness and the way that we can help bring hope and, and, you know, belonging back is by being empathetic and compassionate. And that means actively listening. It means, you know, engaging with them and asking active questions. Um, it's, you know, one of the things that's tricky is when you say, oh, I've been there too. It can be positive and negative in a way. Yeah. So I think the first thing to say is, you know, is to start to ask them what they're feeling, how their day was, what happened, try to figure out how did they get to this position that they're in. And then if it feels natural, then you can start to share your own experience, but you really want to focus on them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tricky. Texting is really, really tricky. And, you know, there are sort of like these AI technologies and, and, and apps and so forth and stuff like that. But the situation you're describing is really sensitive. And a lot of these are not going to be able to help in those situations. Right. right. And you need, a, you need an active person. You need a listener. We need listeners. Um, so I guess that's the advice that I want to leave this conversation with is there was a lot that was said in the short few minutes. Um, but I think number one, if you 
want to learn more about suicide awareness and prevention and if you have someone in your family or friends or if yourself is dealing with this just know that you are not alone um it took me watching bradley cooper hit robert de niro to realize i was not alone <laughs> um, so always know that you're not alone and um you know th there's ways all sorts of ways just asking someone how are you if you're having mm -hmm. a really dark day a really sad depressing angry frustrating day i know that if i go out and i even just go and get an iced tea and i asked the barista how are you doing today you know just hearing someone else know if they're having a bad day or a good day can inspire you i mean i know it sounds stupid but i think that yeah no you're right and you know ice cream relating to one another a great option but yeah <laughs> uh, but honestly it is and especially these days when we're all wearing masks and stuff like that we need a little bit more in terms of verbal communication unfortunately and so just check like at the end of the day, we're all on this earth. We're just renting some space. We're here together. We're a family. I truly believe that every individual is born with the feeling of empathy. Do they have traumas and obstacles that they've been through in their life that have maybe suppressed it? Yes, but we all have the capability for empathy and we can put that into an action of expressing it as compassion for one another. And this is the time to really do that. We're unfortunately seeing a rise in a lot of mental health issues right now, especially suicide and domestic violence and substance abuse. And so asking a simple question like, hey, how are you doing today? Or like, wow, it's a pretty wild world we're living in. Like, what's something positive that you did this week? You know, just just, just kind of like- You know what I do? I compliment everyone on their mask. <laughs> because it's an easy way to make them laugh and feel like even if it's not the best mask like hey it's a way of being creative and show yourself and thanks for wearing a mask you know um you can even just say that i think that we just want to know that we're heard and we're felt and that you know we can touch one another and that was not meant to be dirty. I said that really dirty yeah. <laughs> just rolling his eyes at me, but we, we can't have that physical, Hey, how are you shaking the hand, bumping this, you know, um, right. you don't get the same hormonal release from, from, a you know, that you would get with a hug. Right. But no. words are powerful. Words are powerful and just know that. So, um, you know, be overly vocal, be overly complimentary, um, appreciate um, that we are all in this together. And if you're feeling like shit, reach out. Just yeah, write a post. We, you Say know, thank I've been, you. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of resources out there. Um, Minds Foundation's throwing a bunch up. We have little video clips about which Red is your amazing and... foundation. <laughs> I love it. It's everything. I've been on the panel. I'm going to maybe yeah. be an ambassador if I force myself. I, I force no, we're myself have you. You're on you telling you to do this. Um, this is it. You're on. But, so, yeah, just follow it on Instagram. It's, you know, at Minds Foundation. You can email us at help at mindsfoundation.org and someone will get back to you within 24 hours at the latest with resources. And obviously call, if you're in the U.S., call 
talk because it's so important. And, you know, I, I just, it's been a really rough year. <laughs> and, um, it's been a really fucking rough year. It's been shit. <laughs> it has. And the silver lining that we need to take away as a human race and society is that we're a family. And uh, it doesn't matter if you hate certain members of your family, they're still your family. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got to take care of one another. Yep. Absolutely. I love that advice. And hey, no what's alone. your emotional? Do you have an emotional support that you want to talk about? Like, what's your emotional support besides me? Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, you know, I. Yeah. So, you know, I have a really, uh, I have a really close friend who you actually know that moderated uh, one of the minds, few of the minds panels. Okay. And she always says to me that you have your biological family and you have your chosen family. And so, um, you know, she's a really key component of my chosen family and is. You want to give her a shout out? I do. It's Dr. Ilan Giroy. She's amazing. <laughs> she's also a psychiatrist. Um, and she's like my sister. Does she work husband. with children? Uh, she will be. She has a child who's amazing. But this <laughs> but she will be. This isn't the woman that works with children. No. Oh, We've, okay. We both have worked with children, but she's going to be a child psychiatrist. Cool. Um, so I have her. And then, you know, I also have, you know, other um, – friends who are, who are basically my family and they're, and they're pretty close. And so I feel that I'm fortunate to have that network of support, especially in a city like Los Angeles, where it can get very isolating for a lot of folks. And so that's really the reason that, you know, I'm trying to bring the work we've done in India also to the U S and into Los Angeles specifically. And that's the reason with those events we had in person, we built communities in person and we're trying to keep that going somehow. And um, community and storytelling is so critical because at the end of the day, the only thing that we need is to reignite empathy and express compassion and create a community that shares love for one another. And if we can do that, no one will feel alone anymore. You are not alone. If you are having issues, please call the Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, something I do way too much of, talking. Um, I adore you. I love you. I can't wait for our next project to come. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, you're pumped. actually, I thought you should know ending the episode that you're a fan <laughs> you're a fan favorite did you know that are you serious me you are a, a fan favorite you are like skyrocketing <laughs> off the charts episode fan favorite people write oh about you all the time so now that i have moved to la <laughs> two years ago and i've done some podcasts i think it's time to start a cult too and then i'll be just like fully integrated listen i would join <laughs> well i wouldn't join your cult but um if i was a partner in the cult then i would join it but we all know i'm like egotistical and it needs to be about me but so i would all do we're gonna do together but what we're going to do is we're going to create this movement where we just create the most loving society and no one's ever going to feel alone anymore. 
I just want to have fun, man. Life is yeah. short. Let's have fun with it. You know, I am. I'm. Fun. <laughs> you know what? It's okay. Here's this is what we're gonna leave with. Yeah. For the rest of 2020, and fuck it. Well, I'm sorry. For the rest of the year and time and space and whatever we have in our lives, just we're calling the aliens. Give, just give yourself the the awareness the acceptance the freedom just to be a child i love that i love that and just play 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 just have fun play just have Um, fun what would you what's fun for you (laughs) what's fun for me um i honestly well first of all ice cream for dinner super fun (laughs) love it so PG um, of you. Oh, well, I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> um, honestly, the, the biggest thing for me has been spending more time um, going to the water and the beach. <gasps> really? That's like Sturgis. That's all he wants to do is go to the water. It's, the, it's when he feels at most peace. It's the most peaceful thing. I have my yoga teacher actually from the studio I used to go to is now doing Sunday morning classes at the beach, socially distanced, very safe. We do not yoga Mary. and then not Mary. We do yoga and then we We have a mutual through. yogi friend. I don't take yeah. yoga, but I know and a she's yogi. amazing. Yeah, she's the amazing. Best. And um, it's not Mary, but it's another yoga teacher. And we do the yoga session and then we run into the water quietly and then come back and meditate. And it is the most peaceful thing because I do that, then I hike, and then I journal on top of the mountain. You know, you're so much better than me. Like for me, I'm like, oh my God, where am I most at peace? And that is at Home Goods and Marshalls, just aimlessly oh, yeah. going through and trying to find Halloween decorations, even though Halloween's not happening. But if I do that, I feel better. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting since last Halloween for this Halloween because of your Halloween party. I have the most epic Halloween party, yeah. and it is so sad that we don't get to do it this year, but I think the hardest is knowing that kids can't celebrate the way that they properly deserve to be celebrated. Um, but we always have 2021, and we are going to leave you with 1-800-273-TALK. Talk. Take care of yourself. Have fun. Pretend you're a child again. Do something that you would do as a kid that was your favorite thing. Like jump on a trampoline. Um, Jump on a trampoline. I don't know what mine would be, but I am going to post about it um, when I post this episode. I will think about what I'm going to (laughs) do that's going to bring back childhood memories. Um, Well, listen, it's always delightful to chat with you. And if I'm ever in a shitty mood, it's really great to call you because you just cheer me up. (laughs) Yes, because I'll just like talk for hours about nonsense. Emotion, help, support.